If you only knew how much money has been spent to brainwash you, you would actually feel really special. The Kate Daly Show starts now. You found a cure for cancer? Well, I didn't come up with it. A couple of eggheads I hired did. How long have you had this? I don't know. When, when was that Who Let the Dogs Out song? You've had this since 1999? Carter, you've discovered the holy grail of modern medicine. Why the hell would you keep it buried like this? I'll tell you why. Because there's far more money to be made in treating a disease than in curing it. Why cure someone of cancer in a day if we can treat them for a lifetime and bill them every step along the way? What? That's insane! Carter, what you're doing here is criminal, and I'm going to tell the whole world about it. Is that right? Who's going to believe you? The internet? You'll be just another nutjob blogger. Security? Love it. <laughs> oh boy. I think that was Family Guy. I think that was Family Guy. Um, cartoons tell us a lot. Why is that? I've always wondered about that. Why is why is the Simpsons? Why do they have such an uncanny ability to to uh, create cartoons and then those exact scenes take place? Like Trump going down the escalator, that kind of thing. Hmm. Strange, right? Well, it's you and me, kid, today. So we are going to um we're going to we're going to chat. I have a lot to present, a lot from the vault and it's going to go in a lot of directions. And <laughs> so get ready for that because I have a lot of things I want to talk about that sort of build up that it's hard to squeeze into every show. And so today's Friday show, this will be good. You're going to get a lot of insights today. A lot of things are going to be said today. Really interesting things too. And of course, if you're listening to uh, me during during the afternoon, you can call up 888-673-1450. That number's on the website. And uh, that's five o'clock Eastern and three o'clock Mountain. And you can actually call into the show and uh, we'll chat on any of the subjects that I'm going to talk about. Um, Monday's a holiday. It's uh, President's Day weekend. And so I do hope you're going to enjoy a nice three-day weekend. I know I am. <laughs> so, um, but I want to start out. Th- this is so that clip brought up a lot for me because I've been studying that a lot throughout the years. And so I want to start off with that, even though I have one, two, three, I have about nine subjects to cover today. But I want to, I want to just cover this one briefly because I did find it kind of fascinating. Um, there was the clip of the gentleman talking about Rife machines. He's from California. Um, curing cancer. So do we have cancer cures? Oh yeah, we do. I've talked about the Joanna Budwig protocol, which has been highly successful. And Joanna, the Budwig protocol is a couple of foods that you mix together with a, a high speed blender and they create an electrical charge. Okay. And Joanna Budwig started doing this with cancer patients back in the forties. And she was taking like stage four and curing them and, and everything else. So of course, uh, this kept going and she would take people in, in the worst kinds of cases of cancer, but it was the frequency from that, these couple of foods combined that would actually, um, take a cell and turn it so that it wasn't, a, it wasn't going bad. It wasn't, it wasn't, the bad guys weren't getting the cells. The cells could actually create their army again and, um, were not overwhelmed by the bad cells, Right. And so it would flip 
actually flip a cell. And there was nothing else like this. A lot of people eat clean and, and what have you, and I get it, and that's, you should. And even with the Joanna Budwig protocol, you should do that. She was up for the prize, the big prize, uh, I think like 10 times. And even the cancer site, um, the, uh, you know, the big, uh, I forgot the name of it, the Cancer uh, Institute, whatever, even talks about Budwig. But at the very end of Budwig's um, protocol, it says, well, it's not proven. Well, it's not proven. So it's interesting because it has been proven since the 1940s. But of course, they're going to say that. And why? Because, you know, there's no money in there's no money in cures. Right. Especially in the Budwig protocol, because it takes a certain kind of oil and a certain kind of German cottage cheese called cork. And you mix those two at a really, really, really high um, volume along with another ingredient. And it makes sort of like this whipped cottage cheese. um, And you don't put any salt in it. Uh, It'll kill the charge. But the charge lasts for about 20 minutes. And it's been highly, highly successful. So people that are sick will take that three times a day. Okay? They'll make that three times a day. There's all kinds of YouTube videos on that. Here is the other one, uh, the Rife Machine. This guy's talking about the Rife Machine in California. Here you go. I'm just like you. I have heard that there's a cure for disease that's been suppressed. I have cancer. I'm not going to accept the modality of the day. I need to know if there's going to be, if there's a cure that's suppressed out there, and I offer a $10,000 reward. Now, I'm in California, right? What do you suppose happened? I had to hire eight people to man the phones in two shifts. I had to get eight phones in. But one man called me. One man. And he impressed me. And he said, well, he said, there's not one cure for cancer that's been suppressed. There's been five. Which one do you want to know about? I said, whatever one works. He sent me to somebody that had an original Rife Ray unit, and I used it. Three months later, the cancer was gone. So was my arthritis. And I was so gung-ho on it that I decided that I had to get involved in building Rife machines and get it out there for people and really help them. It's awesome, right? And so I think there are a lot of things um, like this and kind of in the same sort of neighboring field, really, if you think about it, right? And it all has to do with frequency, which is very, very interesting to me. And so here, the guy that uh, started the Rife machine, this would be him. Here you go. This is Brzezinski. A Polish native named Stanislaw Brzezinski attended Lublin Medical University where he graduated first in his class at age 24 and then received his PhD in biochemistry the following year. While undergoing his research to acquire his PhD, Dr. Brzezinski made a profound discovery. He found a strain of peptides in human blood and urine that had never before been recorded in biomedical research. As his curiosity in these peptides evolved... This is the peptide one, not the Rife machine. Sorry, wrong video. Here we go. He made another profound observation. People who were inflicted with cancer seemed to lack these newly discovered peptides in both their blood and urine, while those who were healthy and free of cancer appeared to have an abundance of these peptides. Dr. Brzezinski theorized that if he could somehow provide a way to chemically extract these peptides from the blood and urine of healthy donors and administer these peptides to those with cancer, 
Perhaps it could be useful in treating the disease. So there are a lot of different things. Sorry for playing the wrong one. Um, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of different things. In fact, um, it's very interesting to me that that people don't talk about these, and they're still considered theories when they've been around a very very long time. And so it was Royal Rife that actually started the uh, or inventor of. He died in 1971, but started the Rife machine. And I find these kinds of things pretty amazing it's uh it's it's uh i think it's <laughs> i think that we don't realize um the body well enough and i don't think doctors have been trained i've done many shows on the start of johns hopkins and what a nightmare johns hopkins was to our society i know a lot of people praise johns hopkins not me um in fact i realize too when people are usually trained there it's kind of funny that they usually adopt a more new world order sort of approach to things so if that's in their bio i'm immediately sort of skeptical right um, it's that it's that schooling that um, that penetrated our system and got rid of the holistic doctors and then put uh, Johns Hopkins on the map for being the superior uh, ideology of medicine and it really wasn't good for us but the Rife machine was the impulses of electromagnetic frequencies that disable cancerous cells and other microorganisms uh, organisms responsible for disease. And so most of these claims have no scientific uh, research to back them up. That's what they say all over Google. That's what they say all over the internet. Nothing to back it up. Although there have been many people that have been uh, cured with Rife machines. So... I think I'd go with the people. Same thing with the Budwig thing. The Budwig, Joanna Budwig protocol, where you flip the cell with a, uh, with, with a sort of uh, a frequency of something that you're putting into the body, okay? And I think, that's, I think the two have um, things in common. And I think that they, we should pay attention. The peptide thing, I think that's very possible too. I think there's a lot of different things that we've suppressed over the years when they finally figured out in the late 1800s that they could gauge eugenics and the, the whole insurance company crops up, right? The whole, all the insurance companies crop up and they realize that they can gauge death. They realize that, uh, by the way, as we take pharma to an all new high in the 1900s, boy, there's a real way to actually profit off of this in the, in the biggest way possible, as we're seeing now. I don't need to tell you. But isn't that fascinating that these things have been around for decades upon decades upon decades? And you know what? Here's the good news. I think people are still, like right now, I think they are actually opening up their eyes to a lot of these things. I think they're asking around. I think they're wondering about about oils and castor oils and uh, castor oils um, being put on the skin to uh, at least five hours uh, a day to remove um, tumors and to remove things. And, and you should look into that. Barbara O'Neill is the one that you talked to about that. And I've talked about her on my show before. She's superior knowledge when it comes to castor oil. But I think there, there are so many things. I think that uh, God did a great job in putting many, many things either by way of knowledge, right? Not to the government for their knowledge and spin and exploitation, but just knowledge. And then also enough things on this, on this great earth of ours to help us and cure us. I think that there are plenty of things that can do that. And so I just wanted to bring this up because when I saw that family guy clip, I thought, you know, there are so many tells in our society that come out of cartoons. And I always 
that to me is interesting because uh, they, they, they certainly try to get a lot of messages out. We'll say that. But I really love the fact that you can go and do some research on different protocols and different things. And when I started showcasing the Budwig protocol on this show, that was probably almost 10 years ago. And so many people have been helped by that. And so many people have called up on the show and said, oh my gosh, I did that. I did that and it helped me. And isn't that what it's all about? Everybody's body's different. Everyone's going to find a different way. But I just think that we have to look at what some of those things have in common and why they would work, right? Tesla's, Nikola Tesla's work was buried and it was buried for a reason because I think a lot of the things that he was getting into would have solved a lot of issues and problems for us. And, and uh, it's always good to give that a spin too because you want to you look into that too. When I come back, I want to talk about the 1920s, something interesting about the 1920s, what changed. And I also want to talk about NFL. I'm going to talk about the, the dark history of Super Bowl. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. Can you believe after all the recent violent protests, looting and destruction, some communities are considering either defunding or abolishing the police? If you agree that now is the time when police protection is needed most, then it's time we stand up and support your local police and the communities they serve. Call 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet. That's 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet today. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. And so happy to uh, have you listening in. So much to go over, too. I got a lot of stuff. And make sure that you uh, text Birch Gold. Um, I'm telling you, um, we don't realize the window that we're in right now. I think through history, they never realized the window they were in. You know, you think about sort of the, the times before the Depression or the times before big, big events happen. And you always wonder, did they realize that this was coming, this thing, you know, that we can look back in history? Yeah, it's coming. And I worry. I worry that um, some, some kind of event either wipes stuff out that you have out there or something's going to happen. I have a feeling that something's going to happen big on that. And I would just get it shored up by gold because it doesn't cost you anything. So your IRAs and, and everything that you've got out there, your IRAs and your retirement, everything, just make sure it's shored up by gold. How easy is that? And buy some gold and silver. You're going to love this because it's really great working with Birch Gold. No wonder they have a five-star rating and Ron Paul loves them and Steve Bannon loves them. Everybody loves them. Um, all right. Uh, text 989898 and text my name, Kate. Okay. Just text my name. That's it. K-A-T-E. So simple. Um, I always love that. All righty. So let's, uh, let's uh, do this. Okay. So I want to play this clip from the 1920s. Here we go. I mean, he's talking about not from the 1920s. <laughs> he's talking about the 1920s. 1920 is when everything pretty much changed. They started changing every single thing. They started removing certain parts of the history. They started rewriting the history. 1920s is about that time. Educational system started changing everything. Rockefeller educational system. So if you find books, you want to find books before 1920s. Because if you don't find books before 1920s, you're usually being told a bunch of nonsense. And you look at a lot of the, the, a lot of the free energy books too, and everything related to the ether, 
That's before 1920s. The ether was removed from the periodic table after 1908. Every book you look into, it talks about ether and terrestrial magnetism and all of these things. 1908, that was removed off the periodic table. And that was removed so that people would not believe in the ether. They would think it's woo-woo. They would think it's pseudoscience. Those are all terms of the Rockefeller educational system. Coming up with terms to debunk the truth and debunk what we were once connected to. Then when you get rid of ether, you get rid of everything related to the fifth element and the quantum. You get rid of all of that. And then you make up a whole new narrative and you remove all that so that when you can't explain something, you just say, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Now he's right. There's more context to that, though, but he's he's right. And that is actually a really good tip. If you are one of those people that love going to antique stores or, um, you know, garage sales or any any of the sort, a lot of people have old books and get books before the year 1920. So why was he saying 1920? He really didn't go into that a lot. But I have played on my show over the last 13 years, <laughs> a lot about Norman Dodd. And Norman Dodd in the year 1954 was the staff director for the Congressional uh, Special Committee to investigate tax-exempt foundations. They were referred to as the Reese Committee, okay, in 1954. And this, the chairman, Congressman Carol Reese. And so Ed Griffin, who's been on the show many, many times, um, actually interviewed him in 1982, shortly before he died, to make sure and get all of this on tape. Um, all, the, all of this on tape, and what I mean is, is that they did an investigation. Norman Dodd's team did an investigation where they looked into um, the Carnegie Foundation, the Ford Foundation, and since 1907, which was in their minutes, 1907, there was a plan, an agenda to 100% change education, 100%. They were going to infiltrate it, change it, sort of remove our founding from it, remove any kind of history that, uh, that would have been really truthful. And so they would give you bits of truth, but they wanted all the teachers to go over to um, Europe and to be trained um, that would be teachers here in the United States. And he said that the president of the Ford Foundation had sent for him and said, you know, when you're in New York, give me a call. And he said, you, we, we've asked you to come up here, you know, and this is in the 50s, because we thought that possibly off the record, you'd tell us why Congress is interested in the activities of foundations. Yeah, cue the creepy music, right? Then he went on to say, you know, all of us have a hand in making policies here and have had experience operating under directives, the substance, the substance of which is that we use our grant-making power to alter life in the United States, that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. This is the president of the Ford Foundation saying this to Dodd, okay? So he goes on to talk about how they got the notes, what the notes said, his secretary getting the notes. It was it's amazing testimony. Norman Dodd, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube as, uh, as he is interviewed by, uh, by Ed. And I'm telling you, it is a, it's fantastic to understand what happened to our education system and when it started. So the only thing that was missing really was the foundation of why we don't, why the books changed in 1920. Be right back. Have you ever heard someone say, the system's broken? Sure you have. Well, it's not true. 
America's founders created a brilliant governing system that prevents us from having kings, queens, dictators, and even czars. We the people can replace every elected official in a span of six years if we so choose. Here at the John Birch Society, we believe the only way to liberty, prosperity, and national sovereignty is not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adheres to them. The reason we have a ballooning, reckless, and corrupt government is because elected officials aren't following the Constitution. The John Birch Society is principled, coordinated, effective activism. We believe the Constitution is the solution. Join JBS and change America. Visit JBS.org or call 1-800-JBS-USA-1 to get involved. That's JBS.org. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Kate Daly Show. And I'm so happy that you are, actually. Today is such a uh, potpourri of lots of different things that I want to hit and some insights I want to give. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about NFL and also some comments from 1957 um, that I think you're going to enjoy, too. And, well, all kinds of things. We'll get there. But I also, the phone lines are open. If you want to comment on any of this, too, you can. 888-673-1450 if you're listening live and you could comment on that. Um, also, this show is on Rumble. This show is on um, frankspeech.com in the evening at uh, 8 o'clock Mountain, 10 o'clock Eastern. You can watch it. And... Uh, and then you can also listen live, different various stations across the United States. So, so happy to have you. And I want to talk a little bit about the NFL. I know this is going to be, this is going to be a little strange, I know. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the dark history. Before I go there, I will take a phone call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. All right. All right. So, okay. Patience. Patience is a virtue. Okay. So, um, the NFL... There's a couple of insights that I, th I thought were kind of fascinating. Uh, the NFL started in 1920, September 17th, I think. Yep. In Canton, Ohio. And, uh, and of course, uh, it had, they had their first meeting at a motor company. And some of this comes by way of Gracie, by the way, and, uh, and some of this is mine. So they set up these, the, the research anyway, they set up teams and standards, and uh, basically the NFL was born, and Jen Thorpe became the head of the football organization, okay? Then the league was built off of illegal and legal proceedings, betting, gambling, right, as the foundation of NFL football from the very beginning. A lot had to do with the mafia, <laughs> with the mafia at this time, but they publicly denounced gambling but it was the foundation. So publicly, they had a whole different story. But there were lots of ties to Al Capone, lots of mobster ties along the way. And they purchased the Chicago Cardinals. Now it's the Arizona Cardinals. And several owners were tied to the mob. And then most of all, the franchises are still owned by the same families, by the way. It hasn't, uh, hasn't gone a whole lot of new places, okay? I think there's only one or two teams that have actually changed hands to other people, but for the most part. So in the 1960s, the first Super Bowl, 1967, was born, okay? And the, um, 
Lamar Hunt was uh, the founder of the AFL, and he said that the reason they called it the Super Bowl was because his child was playing with the Super Bowl. And so, of course, he named it the Super Bowl. Okay. And then Lamar Hunt. Now, this is interesting because his father was Haroldson Hunt. And Haroldson Hunt had a very intriguing past in our history of big events in our history. His poker winnings got him into the Texas oil fields. Okay. And then, of course, accused of financing the JFK assassination. Yeah. Yeah. That Haroldson Hunt. <laughs> yes. And also funding the political uh, career of LBJ, who, by the way, was very involved in the assassination of JFK. He knew it was going down. Right. Um, I've had many guests on the show regarding that whole thing, and I won't go into that whole thing, but let me just tell you, LG, L, L, LBJ wanted him gone. He was really happy to take up the spot of president. And the mafia, and he was also involved, uh, Haroldson uh, was also involved in the mafia, CIA, forming an intelligence branch of his own, and of course, uh, in, involved in the uh, trying to out Castro, okay? All of these different things in our history that we are very much aware of. His son was the one that was, uh, was the uh, president of the AFL. Lots of organized crime. And lots of players, coaches, owners accused all along of suspected gambling. So when we were talking last week about, you know, the possibilities of it being fixed, of course, there's lots of colors in every uh, theme that they put out every year. So a lot of people have questioned that, you know, they're putting out these two colors. Is that the colors of the teams? Things like this. So there's been a lot of speculation through the years. When I say there's smoke, there's usually fire. But, um, but, but I think what's important to realize is that going all the way back, um, there was a definite liaison, shall we say, with mobsters for gambling for betting but very very that profit very very controlled in those aspects right and then um of course you had your your different players hornug and karis were the first two in the 60s i think it was the 60s 60s or 70s to be accused of gambling betting on their own on their games right and so then of course joe namath came along he had a bar where bookies and you know mobsters <laughs> hung out and they asked him to, uh, to get rid of this for the public image. And he said, no, he retired. And so of course, a lot of money involved here. Now, um, this is quite fascinating. There are laws in place, right? But a league, any league can legally fix its own contest. And if it is their own business, they have the legal right to fix it. Like they do wrestling. They can do whatever they want. Interesting. So keep that in mind. But back in the day in 1967, a 30-second ad was $42,000. A lot of money in 1967. Now it's 5 to $6 million for 30 seconds. 5 to $6 million. Think about that for just a second. Sometimes we, we go over big numbers like being trillions in debt. We don't really think about how big the number is. 5 to $6 million for a 30-second ad. So the ads weren't really much... Nobody really cared about the ads, but it was 1984 that it became a thing because Ridley Scott, the director, um, debuted the Apple Macintosh and they had, uh, they had a reference to 1984, right? And in a sea of control and tyranny comes the, 
the woman running with the torch. You guys remember this? And then, of course, a white light shining on the Macintosh. Now, this week, I or last week, I've talked about the similarities between... Um, between Gates and Jobs, Steve Jobs, they had almost the exact same story going into their businesses. So I just wanted to reference that real quick because that was 1984 and they did a spoof on 1984, but it was the Apple Macintosh that actually was the, the, the catalyst. This changed it forever. And, uh, and then uh, it used to be kind of more clever, but now it's all about messaging. And you have to kind of wonder, why did they have to double down on messaging? Maybe the kind of uh, slight messaging that they were using or the, the things that the, the tools weren't going fast enough for these people, right? So they had to double down. And now it's all messages, isn't it? It kind of seems like that. Sometimes you'll get an entertainment one, but it's like that. And then, of course, it was in the 90s when uh, Michael Jackson did his debut at halftime show because it used to be bands. They used to have music and, and marching bands, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a big celebrity act. Now we've made it into this big, huge thing. There are many, um, also there are many rumors about the team owners running trafficking rings. And what's kind of fascinating now is there's a lot of um, um, peri- uh, like uh, mainstream uh, news and mainstream magazines that are trying to say, or trying to debunk the sex trafficking as if it doesn't exist at all. I think it does. Yeah. And there's also a bigger reason behind the uh, rise of gambling at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And there also is some kind of strange things about why they put it into Vegas. Because let's say this, they they tried for a long time to make it look like there was no, because they didn't want anyone to think it was fixed. So there was a lot of public image stuff about the NFL and they were they were very much, oh, we're very against, we're very against gambling and betting. But truly, it was at the roots of the start of the NFL and throughout the NFL, right? So it was public image versus what was really going on. So it was kind of interesting that we had, they had the Super Bowl in Las Vegas because they've always tried to suppress it, okay? Important to realize, they've always tried to suppress it. Um, But there are some reasons for this, some psychological reasons. So when I come back, I'll do a little bit more on this because I do find all these things kind of fascinating as far as that goes. Information about the things that we have, that we love in society, the distractions, the bread and circuses. Yep. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, 
The Great Reset, and Trump World for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. This is the Kate Daly Show. Why, you ask? Because everybody needs a little hillbilly in their life. <laughs> Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com. All right. Uh, just doing a lot today. There was just a lot in the vault that I've had sitting there, and I just wanted to get to to some of these things because I think they're really, um, they're like important things to kind of lodge in the back of the mind when you're, when you're thinking about things, our education, cancer, football. I know we're running the gamut, but there's just so much. Um, make sure and get over to mypillow.com. And, uh, I do love their sheets and, uh, my husband loves that robe and slippers. I love their slippers too. And they have so many different kinds, but you can get up to 90% off. So put in the code Kate and then it keeps us on the air. And I really appreciate you doing that. Um, it's a just, you'll, you'll just love me for that one because my pillow is fantastic. Mike's got a real eye for product. Um, he really does. And, uh, he does, he like lives with it for a year before he decides to, to put it out. And now I know why. And the pillows are amazing too. Um, so on, on the heels of football, um, and I'm not a big football person, so this isn't why I'm covering it, but just to kind of let you know about the background of, of, and I know you probably do background of NFL and how they started and, and so much, uh, corruption. Um, and you know, they block tourism ads, uh, for Las Vegas in the NFL broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course we had a Super Bowl there now. And so what that tells me is that they're sort of embracing the fact that, or maybe owning the fact that we have a society now that's pretty much just fine with having an NFL combined with gambling, combined with betting, combined with, um, and, and with and maybe the roots showing those roots of history with the mob maybe letting people in on that now, Let, letting people know that maybe. Um, I also wanted you to know about some studies that were done of that kind of fascinating about football. Gambling um, or gambling, gambling made football more emotional and uh, tying these the, the, the fans in a very, very strong way emotionally to players and teams. There's a reason for the crazy fanatic fan that everybody talks about, right? Or maybe you know one, maybe you live with one. I don't know. But it creates bonds. So when somebody's gambling, it's creating a bond. And, and people are 10 times more likely to turn off a game when nothing's at stake, okay? But when something's at stake, oh yes, of course they're gonna watch, they're gonna watch longer, and they're also gonna watch more games. So they knew it was going to create this very addictive sort of super fan. And they were banking on that because there's just so many billions of dollars in, involved here. And so they also knew they had a guaranteed audience. If they combined betting and gambling and publicly, they denounced it, right? Because we were a different nation back then. But now I think all bets are off. But the mafia, especially in Kansas City, there was a lot of things that happened in Kansas City. It was the 1970, so because, you know, the Chiefs just won, 1970 Super Bowl case, um, Nick Savella and his brother, uh, I think it was his brother, Cork, Cork Savella, Tuffy DeLuna, 
um, all of these guys uh, were caught in a big scandal and it really sort of made it known that the mafia, the mob was behind um, the NFL and its roots. And, uh, and that was 1970 brought that out just a few years after the Super Bowl started. Um, of course, the, the mafia, the mobsters were called the black hand, the black hand. And uh, I just thought you might be interested in that as kind of, kind of strange. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi, Kate. Hi there. I'd like everyone to check me out on this. Uh-huh. If you're out in the casino or at the resort, mm-hmm. everyone's really nice. Yeah. Because they're paid to be very nice. <laughs> now, yes. you go out into the community uh-huh. and you'll find that people are not very nice. Well, Our state yeah. of Utah mm-hmm. is flirting with gambling, and I say absolutely not. Yeah. No way, shape, or form. Yeah. Please. It has become more prevalent, I'll tell you that much. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Let me play this for you. It's about, it's about Vegas. It's about this thing that I'm talking about. Here we go. This is just two minutes. And why this annoyed the NFL in particular, you have to look at this map. Vegas was one of the only places in America where sports gambling was legal. Betting on the NFL became one of the top attractions. In a 30-year period, $40 billion was bet on football, far more than any other sport. There wasn't much that the NFL could do to stop Vegas. The league chose instead to cut off the entire city. No franchises, no Super Bowls. Athletes were not allowed to even be pictured in casinos. Adverts for the Vegas Tourism Board were banned from NFL broadcasts. When other states voiced plans to join Vegas, the NFL took their fight to Congress. Their argument was the same one from the 1920s. Betting on sport creates corruption. Congress agreed. The Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act essentially banned sports betting everywhere but a select few states. Follow-up laws in the early 2000s ended the rising threat of internet gambling. The NFL had won. All it had to do now was ignore Las Vegas and its world would be untouched by the sin of gambling. Which brings us to February 2024, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. How did we end up here? Over decades, the NFL had trapped Vegas and gambling on the other side of a big wall of legislation. Then, the Supreme Court knocked the whole thing down. In May 2018, the Supreme Court ruled the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act to be against the Constitution. States were now free to regulate sports betting themselves. The majority chose to legalize. The NFL was on its own. That was until they noticed something interesting. Before legalization, unregulated sports betting hit a value of $60 billion per year. The legal market will soon double that figure. How could the NFL justify leaving all of that money on the table? The league had two choices. Continue to pretend gambling didn't exist, or embrace the change and make some money. The NFL chose option two. In fact, it jumped in headfirst. The NFL now has a vice president of sports betting deals with all of the major sports books. There are now so many betting adverts during the games, people have started to complain. One billion dollars. That's how much the NFL should earn over the next five years, just from gambling deals. So is that it? Someone waves a billion dollars at the NFL and it abandons any moral objections to gambling? It's a bit more complicated. There is another, deeper motive behind this shift. To understand that, we need to look at the NFL's website. Specifically, in this sentence here. The NFL doesn't just create sport anymore. It's entertainment. Football is competing with Hollywood, TikTok and YouTube for our attention. Any factor, however small, that hooks people into football will be exploited. 
Oh, yeah, that is for sure. And I know we've all seen it and we saw it last weekend. So I just I wanted to do this uh, right before the Super Bowl and we got busy with guests and everything else. But I there's so much to all of this. Um, And when you really start to look at the mob ties um, connected to uh, Kansas City, it gets even more interesting, too. Uh, There was there was a huge, big story in 1970 that sort of had everybody sort of understand the roots. Um, I will be right back. I have so much more. I have so much more. So, and I'll take your phone calls too. I promise. I'll uh, be right back on the Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Of course, visit that site because if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see the sound clouds that you can share uh, with friends and family and also our wonderful sponsors, amazing sponsors. I'll be right back. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to JBS.org and join us in restoring this great nation. Do you remember when in the late 70s, when the TV set in Ice Age was coming to take us out in 79? That was awesome. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Make sure that people can discern the truth from the misinformation. And we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe. No one is 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 safe. Makes it even more important, not less. So, blinking red lights analogy about 9-11, all the lights were blinking red before 9-11, apparently, obviously all of us missed it. Would you say that there's multiple blinking red lights out there? I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. Okay, all right. Can't say any better than that. I see dead people. In your dreams? While you're awake? They only see what they want to see. How often do you see them? All the time. I see blinking lights everywhere I turn. That was Christopher Ray, FBI. Anyway, <laughs> the two uh, threats we have right now are North Korea. I know, it's back. Um, <laughs> I guess they, they're running out of foes. Um, so uh, they're propping up North Korea now to be our next uh, big threat, and the Biden administration is watching it. What, what, is that, what, what, what does that mean? Anyway, uh, North Korea might do something. So you need to be very alarmed at the thing they might do. Okay. And then, of course, we have Kamala, before I get into this hour, Kamala, really practicing her presidential cackle. <laughs> and this is what, this is really one of the biggest fears, I think, of the country. It's this woman. What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be 
unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. Uh, um, not today. <laughs> More and I and I inhale. I didn't. I did inhale. Wow. Um, so those are the biggest looming threats right now. And of course, uh, the justice, the justice system, which I actually think is extremely rigged. And there's a lot of fake theater going on right now in the justice system. Um, those are our, our three top threats going into presidential weekend. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yes. Before I get to my topic, uh, I hope voters will remember who nominated Christopher Wray. Uh, uh, we're getting the same thing from the Republican presidents as we're getting from the Democrats. And, of course, uh, uh, Trump nominated him. But I wanted to go to that subject you brought up the first mm-hmm. of last hour. Sure. And it relates to what we you just played. And that's the uh, books that uh, oh. they changed dramatically in the 1920s, as yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. And uh I wanted to talk about mainly uh, words and dictionaries, but mm-hmm. before that, uh, they done uh, did assessments back uh, 75, 80 years ago or so, and the uh, reliable sources said the top publishing companies in America, I think the number was 32, you know, the largest 32, mm-hmm. had CIA agents working at each of them to be sure books wouldn't be, lived, uh, be published that would promote uh, uh, report the truth. And many in the freedom movement uh, across the world, not just in America, mm-hmm. knew this because they couldn't get their books published. Uh, people from around the world trying to t- expose the conspiracy and, and where we're headed had to come to a few publishing houses in America that were independent. One was Western Island, that was a John Birch Society, mm-hmm. and they had to get their books published there just to uh, support what you were saying about and the And also, by the way, they also have to do it in fiction now because. You have to write a book in fiction well, so you don't get sued. Yeah, you can be so easily mm-hmm. sued, or mm-hmm. uh, 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 and you know the way the courts right. are these days. Right, right. <laughs> you want to yeah. well, go anywhere where you get injustice. <laughs> That's the courts in America. Yeah. As my dad used to say, the court system, or criminal system in America, is just that—it's criminal. Mm-hmm. But the uh, what I wanted to say about the dictionaries. Now, you had Uncle Milty made a very good point yesterday mm-hmm. about word, the changing of words, and he recommended going to dictionaries back to I think the early '60s. He said, that is not far enough back. Mm. The book I recommend, and many in the Patriot movement know this, and it's now available online, is uh, No Webster's Dictionary from 1828. Mm-hmm. And just recently, uh, I don't know what, what, how many years back, they put it online. So mm-hmm. all you have to do is put us uh, the word in at the uh, dictionary online, just mm-hmm. put No Webster 1828, and you can find the defini- definitions of words. Words like patriotism, the definition of patriotism, according to Webster, was mainly uh, those who stand in uh, uncompromisingly purity. I think the word was used purely for the rights of the people. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. and and for uh, to protect the country from invasion. That well, today, the primary way people practice patriotism is put their flag out on a holiday or mm-hmm. stand for the pledge of allegiance. The symbolism of, of right. Liberty, not mm-hmm. the actual liberty, but uh, the. Uh, so I want to encourage people to uh, go online if you want to use that. And from now on, you have to go back in dictionaries. Farther than that, many people said that the words really started changing heavily in the early 1930s. Mm-hmm. Ayn Rand was one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and that's close to what you were saying in the 1920s. So uh, if you have yeah. any words particularly related to politics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
power and economics. Uh, I recommend going online to the 1820, uh, excuse me, 1828 Dictionary of Noah Webster. And just to say something about Noah Webster, he's considered the last founding fathers of America. He's considered the uh, father of education in America. He fought in the uh, Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. and he died, I think it was 1943 or 1843, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're actually reading the works of one of our pay, uh, founding fathers. Oh, I'm glad you added that in. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the phone call. That was great. No, right on the money, right on the money. That whole story with Norman Dodd, you need to go watch that interview. I played that on the episodes of the show, but Norman Dodd did a, a wonderful expose of, of talking about how his committee went and investigated. Um, it's the nonprofits. You know, it's all the things that we've been taught to honor and worship and think are great and aren't they helping the poor and aren't they helping people? No, <laughs> that's never how it goes down, right? And so um, our whole education system was changed. Carnegie Foundation and the Ford Foundation. How often are they referred to in our society? So many times. Oh, gosh, so much. And basically not worshipped, that's not a good word, but, but discussed as something that's very benevolent, right? Right. Um, yeah, clear agenda. And the agenda was in the notes, of the Carnegie Foundation in 1907, by the way, right there in their notes. It wasn't like it's a theory or anything. It wasn't like they could sell that as, oh, that didn't happen. It was in their own notes. And that's how they, that's how they, their Reese committee, um, you know, um, started talking about this. And then it, it went into what it went into um, investigation. But it was just crazy how all that came to be. And most people, if you ask them about, they don't know about that. They don't know how our education system was changed. So the next time somebody tells you that that's a conspiracy, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm tired of that word, conspiracy theory, let them know that it was in the notes of the Carnegie Foundation. This from 1957, Milty and I talked about this once, but we didn't really go into a lot of detail, but I thought this was, I thought this was really cute and kind of, kind of telling about I was talking yesterday about Art Bell and I was talking about how in 1999 he did a show about climate change and they, they were, they were, they were inviting people to call in with their fears and the fears were climate change and Y2K. Everything was going to just go crazy and the world would cease uh, at Y2K. And it's so funny as you go back, you know, in society and really look at that time period and what were we worried about and what were we thinking about? We're still worried about climate change. It's been 70 years. Anyway, um, these are the comments in 1957. I'll tell you one thing. If things keep going the way they are, it's going to be impossible to buy a week's groceries for 20 bucks. Can you imagine a week's groceries for 20 bucks? I'm afraid to send my kids to the movies anymore. Ever since they let Clark Gable get by with saying a damn in Gone with the Wind, it seems like every new movie has either hell or damn in it. It's true. Boy, have we changed. Have you seen the new cars coming out next year? It won't be long before $5,000 will only buy a used one. If cigarettes keep going up in price, I'm going to quit. A quarter a pack is ridiculous. <laughs> a whole quarter. This is the 1957, uh, okay? Um, if they raise the minimum wage to a dollar, nobody will be able to hire outside help at the store anymore. Oh, honey, they've surpassed that. Um, when I started driving, we would, we, we would have thought gas would someday cost 29 cents a gallon. Guess we better, we're better off leaving the car in the garage. If they think I'll pay 50 cents for a haircut, forget it. 
Kids today are impossible. Those ducktail haircuts make it impossible to stay groomed. Next thing you know, boys will be wearing their hair long as long as the girls. That happened too. Uh, it won't be long before young couples are going to have to hire someone to watch their kids so they can both work. We've achieved. Ugh, it's terrible. Marriage doesn't mean a, a thing anymore. Those Hollywood stars seem to get divorced at the drop of a hat. I'm just afraid the Volkswagen car is going to open the door to a whole lot of foreign business. I read the other day where some scientists uh, thinks, think it's impossible to put a man on the moon by the end of the century. They even have some fellows they call astronauts preparing for it down in Texas. I have a different take on that one. <laughs> um, uh, I never thought I'd see the day when all of our kitchen appliances would be electric. They're even making electric typewriters now. It's too bad. Things are so tough nowadays. I see where a few married women are having to work to make ends meet. No one can afford to be sick anymore. $35 a day in the hospital. Too rich for my blood. And there's no sense going to Lincoln or Omaha anymore for the weekend. It costs nearly $15 a night to stay in a hotel. And lastly, uh, or two more. The drive-in restaurant is convenient and nice weather, but I seriously doubt it'll ever catch on. And thank goodness I won't live to see the day when the government takes half our income in taxes. I sometimes wonder if we're electing the best people to Congress. I love that. There's so much gold there. <laughs> but this was 1957. Look at how much change, right? The doubling down on messaging and, and where we're at right now as a society. I mean, everybody does everything on TikTok. We, we, are, we, we certainly have become extremely different. And probably not for the better. I shouldn't say probably. And not for the better. But, but, people are learning. People are starting to understand things. I'll take it. As opposed to like 2020, that was a nightmare year. 2021 was a nightmare year. That was a nightmare year. And we need to get to the point where we can talk to people again, where we can talk to each other so we can share education information so people can get informed. And so we got to figure out how to do that. Um, and I'm not quite sure. I don't have all the answers on that, but I know that there's ways and I know that we can, we can work on it. And it's not the whole be kind motto. It's basically how can we just have conversations again? Everything seems to be pretty polarized. Be right back on the Kate Daly show. KateDalyRadio.com. Be right back. Hey, America, how tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed, put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, the New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. This is the Kate Daly Show. 
back. Kate Daly Show. Your supplements need to absorb in your body. So the best place uh, to get all of those various supplements would be, and I love this company so much, uh, ActivateFIQ.com. ActivateFIQ.com and put in the code Kate. I'm telling you, um, for all the supplements, they have a great delivery system. Just fantastic. It absorbs into your body and you want to make it count. If you're going to spend money on supplements, you don't want to waste money, right? I would bypass the Walmarts, the Targets. I would not get supplements there. I would actually activate FIQ has the amazing delivery system and also their supplements are really affordable. So um, you're also going to get extra savings too when you use my name, K-A-T-E, Kate. So make sure and do that because um, we need to be taking supplements. That's for sure. And uh, I think it's a great way to do it. So just in comparison, you know, you look at 1957 and the things we were worried about and... All of those things have come true, sadly. Um, but I was laughing so hard, I have to share this with you really quick. Uh, this was the, <laughs> Babylon Bee makes me laugh. And I've interviewed Babylon Bee on the show. And I, every single article they come up with, I just love. I just think that they have nailed it in satire. They're just doing such an awesome job. And this one was 10 lesser known plagues God used to smite the Egyptians. <laughs> Through extensive research, they say, the Babylon Bee has uncovered the, the following list of lesser-known plagues that devastated the land of Egypt. Number one, causing the Wi-Fi to go down for 15 whole minutes. <laughs> it was nearly impossible to get anything done. Floor Legos, number two. They covered the entire land. It was, it was a time of horrific pain and suffering. Oh my gosh, they cracked me up. Every Egyptian had to attend a mandatory two-hour DEI seminar. <laughs> Can't say no to HR. Inflamed taste buds, number four, right on the tips of their tongues. Man, those things are annoying. All shopping carts with one squeaky, wobbly wheel. Every trip to the store was a loathsome experience for those Egyptians. I, you know what? Can I just say, as a public service announcement, take those carts out of the grouping of carts, please. Okay. Number six, the gay frogs. You've heard about the plague of frogs? The gay ones were even worse. <laughs> Turning the Nile River into Bud Light. It's what turned the frogs gay. They, I swear they nail it. Anyway, number eight, every day was the temperature where you're a little warm in long sleeves, but cold in short sleeves. The Egyptians just had no clue about how to dress. Um, and, uh, uh, also, really, really high pollen count. One of the plagues of the Egyptians. Those allergies are killer. And the hemorrhoid incident. <laughs> Thankfully, they wrote, God was merciful and left this one out of the Bible. The hemorrhoid incident. Oh, you guys, it just makes me laugh. They ended with, with plagues like these. It's no wonder Pharaoh and the Egyptians were in such a hurry to let the Israelites go after everything they had to endure. <laughs> Oh, you guys, it just makes me laugh. Anyway, um, I think about all the things that bug us now and all the things that, you know, these little inconveniences that, that just seem to just get our goat, right, that bother us. And I can't remember what it was the other day, but I went off on something and my husband started laughing at me because it was just so inconsequential. It was just such a stupid thing. And sometimes when just everything just isn't right there and ready and working and and we're, we get a little demanding, we're a little spoiled, right? Not a little, a lot. We're a lot spoiled. And 
it's really hard because every time I, I hear somebody else complaining about something really stupid, I want to say, you know, first world problems, right? But man, oh man, when I look back over the last 10 years, most things have been kind of not very, not very big deals in the whole scheme of things. But for some reason, we make them into big things. Can you imagine what happens to this society with a, um, an, an event, an event that happens that shuts us down? Can you even imagine that? What would we do? <laughs> I, I, we wouldn't know how to do anything. We wouldn't really know how to um, conduct our lives. I mean, it'd be very, very difficult. You couldn't go anywhere. You can't do anything. We need to prepare for that. So if I was ever going to have a preparedness message today, preparewithkate.com is a great website, by the way. But my gosh, we have got to prepare for even those kinds of things psychologically. Because I am telling you, when I come back with my next story, you're going to see why I'm saying this. There, there is a very big problem that we seem to have in identifying what a big deal is and what it's not in society right now. But man, we are so spoiled. It's going to be, it's going to get interesting because I absolutely 100% guarantee things are coming. We'll have some natural disasters, EMP maybe, but stuff's coming. And what are we going to do? Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Are you fed up with where our nation is headed? Here at the John Birch Society, we know how to fix a reckless, corrupt, and out-of-control government. It starts with patriots like you. We believe the only way to liberty and national sovereignty is to not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adhere to them. The Constitution is America's only solution. Join the John Birch Society today. Visit us at jbs.org. This is the Kate Daly Show. So long, here comes the sun. I've been waiting so long. Here comes the sun. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. So glad to be back with you. And you can ask me anything. It's Wild Card Friday. You can actually uh, call up 888-673-1450 if you're listening to us in the afternoon live. And, and uh, the number's right on the website, katedallyradio.com. But uh, you can call up, ask me anything, bring any topic up. What have you learned? I want to pick your brain. So, of course, you can call up. And I'm happy to take those calls. Um you know, I know that people are noticing the um, idiocy of Fonnie Willis <laughs> in the court case. And I just, <laughs> I actually have a, I actually have something for you that's, that's, that showcases uh, the idiocy, idiocy of humans in just a moment. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yes. Hi, Kate. Hi I there. have a question. Sure. Uh, I've never done a caucus before mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're really behind Trent Staggs for uh, senator for Utah, mm. and cause he seems to be the only, uh, you know, America first candidate that we can find. The other ones seem like rhinos. So we want a caucus for him, and I even kind of volunteered to go to the convention and be a delegate mm-hmm. so we can get these rhinos out of this Utah political system here. So I was wondering if you have an idea what, you know, what, what to do during a caucus and how to get, you know, have you ever done one or... Well, that's a whole show. That is a whole nother show. I don't know that we'll have time today with this, but 
Um, but I can appreciate um, wanting to reach out for candidates. Thank you for the call. I, I can so I can surely appreciate that. That would take a little bit more time than we have today. Um, but uh, certainly, I, I, I want people, I have my thoughts about candidates. And being in this talk radio thing for a long time, it's, um, I can tell you my thoughts and feelings about people. And it's not too favorable anymore. Um, I don't know how much we can do that way, but it doesn't mean we stop trying either. So I can fully appreciate that. What, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll pick that up as a topic for next week and, uh, and really, um, help people understand how, how they can get behind these candidates. Okay. Is that fair? Um, maybe Tuesday or Thursday. So we'll, we'll work on that. I think it's, I think it's important for sure. 888-673-1450. And, um, and I have varying views on Trent Skaggs. There's lots of people running. And so Mitt Romney, for those not in my state, Rip Mitt Romney um, is bowing down because of the fact that um, everybody hates him. <laughs> everybody hates his guts. <laughs> so, so he's not going to run again. Thank goodness. Uh, so lots of people are vying for his spot. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Well, hey, Kate. Hi there. I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit really quickly mm -hmm. about the last caller's statement. Mm -hmm. So sure. um, the good news is, like you just said, Mitt Romney's not running again. Yeah. And that leaves a big, a big arena for us to narrow our sights on somebody really, really good. Mm -hmm. And if you could find, I just want you to, to comment, if you could find somebody who had the constitutional knowledge of Mike Lee with the personality of Carrie Lake, what would you think about that person? Mm. I would say yes, but I would also want somebody that had the gumption to do things. Um, I like Mike Lee. I've always supported Mike Lee, but Mike Lee knows the Constitution, but he does not. I, I don't see a lot of action. And I'm looking all at the last five years, and I haven't seen a lot. And if you've noticed since his election, not a lot. So we, we need somebody that um, could actually stand Do you think that up. Carrie Lake has actually done anything progressed, like <sighs> to move anything Car forward. The only problem with Carrie is that her background, she was a, a, a serious, uh, lib. She was yeah. very much a leftist. So I'm always a little suspicious of people that, that suddenly turn into something else. And of course, right. All of us are. Um, so I have, you know, there's different thoughts and feelings on, on that, but what you're describing, though, like personality trait-wise, yes, uh -huh. if we could have somebody that actually had a backbone to stand up even when they're threatened, because I guarantee you they will be threatened. So it, how much backbone do they have? How much courage do they have? And are they looking at it as if it's okay to risk everything to do what's right for this country? Because most people aren't. And from what I've found, after interviewing gobs of them and trying to understand what they're doing once they get into office— they sincerely lose every bit of backbone they ever had going in. So that's my biggest thing is, do you have backbone? Yeah, we got to find somebody with backbone and have you, knowledge. Have you been able to talk with Carolyn Stiffen? There's a lot of people um, that I'm talking with right now. I'll be starting to do interviews next week. So I'll start doing interviews and people can uh, field that out for my state. And so for all of you guys out there listening that aren't of my state, I apologize. But yes, I, I think that uh, the process of, of looking at the candidates, the candidates can always say a lot of things, but it's what they're going to do. And, yes, and there's, no, there's no guarantees because so far the track record of Congress, 
they're bought. Like I don't, there's, I, is there anyone? <laughs> so there's maybe one or two, um, that actually will say things, but there's just not a whole lot getting done because there's one or two. And I understand that. So, um, yeah, they, they seriously get threatened and bought and they do this in state legislators too, uh, to state legislators too. And even in my local area, I don't have anyone that actually has done much for Liberty. So I don't expect much. It's just have to, it's going to have to be the people. But the people are going to have to to really kick it in gear and not rely on the, the candidates to do much, sadly. Well, thank you for your uh, input on that. I appreciate yeah, that. Sure. No problem. Um, yeah, I just, it's rough because of the interviews I've done, the people I've talked to, the people I'm around. I, I got a pretty good sense of people. And it's really hard because the arena for politicians, they're some of the most dirty, corrupt, yucky people I've ever had to deal with. And locally, this is like this for me. I've seen things I want to unsee. Uh, there's so much corruption, even like a little town like mine, um, where it's very conservative, so much corruption you can't even understand. Mayors ending public comment. You've got all kinds of things going on right now across America. It's, it's, I tell you my situation just because I know that you have the same situation. It's all across America right now. And when we get into the parties and who the parties are propping up, usually they're not a good, per- like they're not a good candidate. <laughs> so whenever the parties are getting behind somebody, it's not usually the tell that somebody's going to be courageous and do something um, exactly right. Right. So that's a, that's a really tough one too. And I feel bad saying that because it's not without hope. I'm not without hope. I'm just trying to give the reality of what I think is going on and I have a state that is, has a very just hideous governor and um, doing all kinds of things for the leftist agenda, but pretends to be a conservative. You might have this too in your state too. And they smile and they try to hit all the right notes. And it's, you can tell, you can tell by their records. And so there are a few people, I think, running for office that will be the gems, but they'll usually be the person that won't have the machine behind them. And I say, vote your conscience and vote for them anyway. Vote for them anyway. Because if we start a trend, it won't be overnight, but if we start a trend of voting for those with our conscience, then people will start to pull away from the parties more and more. But we have to get that ball really rolling. It started getting rolling in the last few years, but we need to get it really rolling in order to make it have any impact. It's just know that it's not going to work right away. So voting your conscience and voting for the constitutional candidate and voting for the person who doesn't have the big press team and doesn't have the writers and doesn't have the, the connections and isn't sitting on the laps of every, every politician in your town or your city or your state or federally, that those, that, that the person that doesn't have all of that is usually going to be the person that's probably worth putting into office. And if we really honestly can start voting our conscience, you'll feel better about it. And then secondly, we start, we start something that can evolve into something that actually is going to matter. Because right now, if you go back and, and, and look at the last 20 years, we're much worse off. We're not getting our country back. But man, all those speeches from all those politicians sure were good. They sure were great. Too bad they didn't result in anything. If you have less freedom, if you're paying more in taxes, you have less liberty, you are in a worse state than you were 20 years ago and you live in a conservative town, it's your conservatives doing it to you. In a liberal town, it's your liberals doing it to you. The Uniparty. Be right back. Hey, Dolly Show.
to eat this. Oh, honey, it's great protein. Don't be picky. Eat your crickets. Many are following the lead of the United Nations to replace your meat diet with an insect diet. It's an all-out war on meat, farmers and ranchers. Don't let new green policies place controls on your life and overall freedoms. It's time to get us out of the UN. Go to JBS.org or call 800-JBS-USA-1. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. So glad that you're listening in. And um, of course, you can always email me, kate at katedalyradio.com. You can ask me anything. Um, of course, you can call up today. I'm happy to take your call. 888-673-1450 is the phone number. If you're listening live, and uh, you can get that number right on the website, katedalyradio.com. You can always stream the show right from my website. Just hit the listen live button. It's that easy. And, uh, and then ask your local station to carry us. Uh, to carry the show in the afternoon as well. And I would really appreciate that, actually. So I really, I wanted to share this with you. I thought this was so funny. These were actual complaints <laughs> received by the Thomas Cook Vacations from dissatisfied customers, okay? We went on holiday to Spain and had a problem with the taxi drivers as they were all Spanish. <laughs> yeah. On my holiday to India, I was disgusted to find that almost every restaurant served curry. I don't like spicy food. Here's another one. We booked an excursion to a water park, but no one told us we had to bring our own swimsuits and towels. We assumed it would be included in the price. Here's another one. The beach was too sandy. We had to clean everything when we returned to our room. Unbelievable, right? We found that the sand was not like the sand in the brochure. Your brochure shows the sand is white, but it was a more tinge of yellow. These are actual complaints to Thomas Cook Vacations. No one told us there'd be fish in the water. The children were scared. (laughs) Although the brochure said there was a fully equipped kitchen, there was no egg slicer (laughs) in the drawers. Here's another one. I think it should be explained in the brochure that the local convenience store does not sell proper biscuits like custard creams or ginger nuts. Here's another one. The roads were uneven and bumpy, so we could not read the local guidebook during the bus ride to the resort. Because of this, we were unaware of many things that would have made our holiday more fun. Sorry. It took us nine hours to fly home from Jamaica to England. It took the Americans only three hours to get home. That seems unfair. I compared the size of our one-bedroom suite to our friend's three-bedroom suite, and ours was significantly smaller. (laughs) I know you're going to have zero confidence in people by the time I read a couple of these. The brochure stated no hairdressers at the resort. We're trainee hairdressers, and we think they knew and made us wait longer for service. When we were in Spain, there were too many Spanish people there. The receptionist spoke Spanish. The food was Spanish. No one told us that there would be so many foreigners. (laughs) We had to line up outside to catch the boat. There was no air conditioning. It is 
your duty as a tour operator to advise us of noisy and unruly guests before we travel. I was bitten by a mosquito. The brochure did not mention mosquitoes. <laughs> hmm. My, fi- my fiancé and I requested twin beds when we booked, but instead we were placed in a room with a king bed. We now hold you responsible and want to be reimbursed for the fact that I became pregnant. This would not have happened had you put us in the room that we booked. I know. I know you're sitting there and wondering if those are actual, real complaints. Mm-hmm. Yep. One more. They should not allow topless bathing, uh, uh, sunbathing on the beach. It was very distracting for my husband who just wanted to, to relax. I know that this is not going to give you the semblance of any sort of intellect amongst your, your, your fellow citizenry. But let's just hope that, um, that this is a small portion of society, please. And uh, I just hope it is. I really do, for our sake, <laughs> for everyone's sake. I really do. Um, and then also, I just wanted to, uh, where is it? I just wanted to talk about these five lessons uh, from Joseph, um, the, from the Bible, actually. You can you can capture a lot of things. So after I talk about the idiocy of people, you might be wondering how to get through all of this. And here's some great tips for you. If you follow, uh, follow what Joseph did, I see him accept his circumstances. This is not to be overlooked. It's crucial that we actually have to accept the reality of what we're doing, right? The reality of where we're at and work it from there. Great advice. I see him look to and wait upon God, right? To redeem his circumstances. He didn't blame anybody else, but he was just committed on his own, right? On his own. And, uh, okay. I saw somebody talk about, um, Klaus Schwab and, and Klaus Schwab has an interesting background. I'll do that. I didn't have time for that today, but I'll do that another day. Uh, the background of Klaus Schwab is strange, but, um, the truth about him, but you know, it, 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 they were all in a flutter about, about Klausy boy. And this is a good rule of thumb for everybody in, in all of this stuff that we talk about. Klaus Schwab isn't in your, in your particular life today. He is not controlling your thoughts today. He is not going to determine your weekend this weekend. He is not going to get inside your relationship. He is not going to get inside your relationship with God. And so, you know what? Klaus Schwab is doing his own thing, thinking he's running the world in his very demonic little voice. But he's over there and we're over here. And sometimes we just have to make sure we keep realizing that. And I know that these people can do a lot of damage to our lives, right? Generally, but we're still in control of our lives right now and today. Okay. And so they don't have anything to do with the decisions you make today and what you're doing today. And so try not to get too caught up in all of these very demonic people. Um, Another one, I see him try, I see Joseph try to make the most out of his situation, blooming where he was planted. That's true. You can do the best wherever you are. I see him speak, speak freely um, and, uh, and while evidenced as he was in prison, right, Joseph, in the Bible? And though he was held against his will, well, he used the opportunity to share his faith and others to others. And so all in all, 
he did excellent work no matter where he was at. No matter what the circumstance was, he just kept saying, I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to stand for truth. You got to love that. And he not only continued in his faith, uh, even when he was suffering, right? Incomprehensible injustice. He seemed to grow in faith and character in spite of it all. No matter what's done to us, no matter what happens, we determine our character. We determine who we are and we can use those circumstances to grow in our own faith, right? So no matter what happens, you determine you. And I think that's a powerful way to end today. And I I really do. I, I think that these are the kinds of things that give me hope, actually, because I know that wherever I'm at, I'm going to try to do the right thing. I'm not always going to be successful at it, but I'm going to try. And hopefully I'll grow from every circumstance handed me. And hopefully I'll be a better person on the outcome of that. And if we concentrate on those things and consistently do what's right, then I think God can use us a lot better off than if we're sitting and complaining and worrying. Right? Fear porn? North Korea? (laughs) All right? You got this. We got this. I'll be back on Tuesday. Have a great three-day weekend. Please have a great three-day weekend. Be faithful. Be fearless. See you back here.